Hello and welcome to our weekly ICT4D conference podcast. My name is Sonja Ritzel from CRS and I'm interviewing experts for you to talk about digital development trends, innovations and good practice. Today I'm pleased to welcome my CRS colleagues in the Gambia, Usman Njai, the head of office, and Ali Ba, the project officer for the malaria program. Thank you so much for joining me and talk about your youth engagement in the malaria programs in Gambia. Thank you. Thank you. So as part of our ict 4 conference podcast, we are exploring initiatives and trends around digital diversity, equity and inclusion. The topic of youth engagement is obviously very important. And here, I don't just mean specific programs for the younger generation, but also including young people in our work. So I think your program with the malaria response in the Gambia is a very interesting one, how you're engaging the youth for data collection. I would like to ask you if you can share a little bit more about the program and explain how you are engaging the youth. Thank you so much, Sonia. CRS in the Gambia is supporting the Ministry of Health to implement health programs. That includes the malaria program in the Gambia. And since the beginning of the, the grant, the Global Fund grant, CRS was given the responsibility to coordinate bed net distribution, long-lasting net insecticidal net distribution in the country and also behavior change intervention programs, also coordinating the civil society actors in malaria prevention and control. And one of the key um, areas that we have looked at is to improve our data management, you know, from collection to analysis and dissemination of um, the information. And eventually we realized that digital technology is the way to go. And we therefore initiated that program through use of mobile devices to collect the information. We have engaged extensively youth in the country to be engaged in that program by training them, providing them with the tools to go out countrywide to collect that information. And it became very interesting to, to youths because they have seen something for the first time that has never happened in the country before. So really, we have seen that as a very useful way of managing our information, but at the same time also engaging the larger youth population, because this is a country where unemployment rate is quite high. And engaging youth in this type of campaigns, you know, would take them off the streets and they're able to meaningfully contribute in this um, particular prevention program, malaria. Thank you, Osman. Alio, as a project lead, do you have anything to add? In addition to what he has said, uh, we provide capacity building for youths. And he also talked about the employment opportunities we create. Because if you look at our campaigns, sometimes they go to up to a period of two months. And the SMC is a period of four months. So engaging them for, for that period provides a lot of capacity building opportunities as well as employment opportunities. Our youths are fully engaged uh, with CRS during these periods and activities. And uh, can you maybe explain a little bit more what is really their responsibility? So uh, how are they being involved in, in the data collection? If you can maybe paint the picture a little bit. Once uh, we, we train them, we post them to the communities where they go and visit households and collect information directly from the beneficiaries. 
This could be bio data, personal information of households that is during the campaign that they will issue barcoded vouchers. In the SMC also, they collect the information of the child who are eligible to receive the medication. So these are stored in our database. And once the children are treated, their barcodes are scanned and we are able to monitor the amount of children we have been able to reach during the four months that we provide uh, the SMC intervention. Shall we talk a little bit about what are your lessons learned? What were sort of the key takeaways or any challenges you came across? Regarding lessons learned, we have noticed that the time spent to to implement the airline distribution campaign, previously you using paper base and now using digital technology is quite shorter. You don't need that much storage space to store the large amount of papers that you would have used if you are using paper base. In this particular one also, we have seen data being collected and analyzed in real time because the moment data is punched in, we're able to um, see it as they collect information. So we're able to also make decisions as the campaign progresses, not waiting until the end of the campaign to make some critical decisions. The other interesting part is we're able to um, know areas that are adequately covered or not, because we look at the geolocation of the data collectors. Have they adequately covered that particular area? You are able to, to know by seeing the geolocation you know, as the campaign progresses. And the other interesting part is the fact that youth are seeing it as a very interesting tool and therefore they actively engage and participate in the, in the whole exercise. I think these are critical things that we, we want to see and would, would continue in our various campaigns that we conduct. In, in addition to what Usman have just stated, there has been challenges. He said near real-time data. That means we are faced with uh, internet challenges. But uh, the device uh, and the app that we use has been developed in such a way that you can work with it offline. And then uh, when you reach areas where you have uh, good internet connectivity, you can upload data. That is why not 100% of our data is real-time. That is one of the, the challenges. The, the other challenges uh, we are faced with, uh, especially in the rainy season, it's difficult to access some of the areas because uh, the roads are, are usually very terrible. So that makes it uh, difficult to reach those areas. And another constraint we are faced with is uh, in the provinces, there are a lot of areas that don't have electricity. So in order to mitigate the lack of electricity to charge our devices, we have provided uh, solar chargers as well as uh, power banks, which the data collectors can use when they are in those remote areas where there is no electricity. Thank you. I also want to talk to you a little bit about safeguarding. So obviously you have um, very excited young people joining this project and you sent them off to collect the data with the solar-powered backpacks and mobile devices. I guess having uh, young people in the program, um, we always have uh, extra care around safeguarding and um, we might also put them at extra risk giving them these digital devices considered valuable devices so i want to talk to you a little bit about how you approached uh, the safeguarding aspect in this program 
Thank you so much. Um, this is also a very important area that we looked at seriously. And the fact that we are living in a country with a very with a very small population makes it easier. But notwithstanding, we still ensure that the youth that, that are engaged are supported during field work because we have a network of supervisors that are mostly health workers from Ministry of Health and our partner organizations, including CRS, to work with them. So they, they are provided with the necessary mobility to be able to move in the various communities. And wherever we they visit, the community leader, normally called the Alcalo, will be involved to make sure that youth are given a place to stay and also provided with the necessary support in terms of um, community members that would also participate, you know, facilitating their work in terms of um, team movements, in terms of other logistic support that is provided. But added to that also, we train youth to understand their role very responsibly, because whatever you do also, you are doing it on behalf of CRS and partners like Minister of Health. So they need to understand that they are, you know, during that process, they are representing CRS and partners, and therefore they must comport themselves very well and understand that they are providing support to um, the beneficiaries, that is the communities, but must uphold the standards that is expected from them. And that is why training is provided. And equally, the communities are sensitized to understand the role that the youth are playing in this particular exercise. We need to understand that there is reputational risk. So we are very, very mindful, you know, added to that before, the, um, after the training, they're also given an undertaking for them to understand that, yes, these are the standard processes and the, the way to act when I'm working with communities in the field. Thank you. Thank you. How could such an engagement be replicated in other programs? Are there plans for engaging the youth in a similar way in, in other programs in the Gambia? Yeah, since we started the use of ICT-40 in our programs in uh, 2014, it has uh, continued to be used uh, from the airline distribution to SMC. And now our partner, the Ministry of Health, through the NMCP, has started using it in the indoor residual spraying program. We have also used it in our migration project as well as our emergency project. And now the Ministry of itself, through the program of expanded program on immunization, is using it to record uh, children who have been immunized and uh, also use it to find out defaulters and go and trace the defaulters so that the immunization coverage will be uh, strengthened. So it has been going forward. I'm sure uh, other programs are interested in how we are able to come this far. So I won't be surprised if every sector in this country going forward adopts the use of uh, ICT 4D in programming. Thank you. That's a very optimistic outlook and I'm hoping that also other um, regions are listening and um, if they are not engaging the youth yet, they might be encouraged. Which brings me to my last question already. You're, you mentioned that one of the reasons why you um, engaged particularly uh, young people in this program is because there is a very high rate on youth unemployment in the Gambia. 
I wanted to just ask you more generally, what do you think the future holds for youth engagement in Gambia or for ICT4D or digital development of the tech sector? I think this is an area that needs to be further expanded. And we are happy that, like Aliu mentioned, already um, other organizations and institutions, including government, have taken this initiative to include include um, technology in their programming, which is very important. And we know when it comes to technology, the youth um, are leading. And we are happy that um, during our conversation with youth, they've mentioned that CRS is really forward looking by including technology in their programming, which is interesting, but also providing opportunities for youth to excel and do more in national development. So I want to believe that this um, technology would, would further enhance our work, but also meaningfully engage youth in their activities in areas where they can provide the necessary support. CRS started this initiative in 2014, and we believe that now we're looking at other areas how we can better integrate data. I think uh, Usman have said it all, but to just add a little, what we need to do as CRS to be more engaged in technology, because technology is constantly changing. So we need to keep track of these changes and ensure that all our systems are updated in line with uh, the modern applications and ensure that we also transfer these applications to the youths we are engaging for better service delivery. Thank you, Aliu and Usman, for sharing your insights not only for engaging the youth, but also for building capacities uh, within your health programming in the Gambia. So thank you for joining me. Thank you. More information about our upcoming podcasts or webinars are on our website, ict4dconference.org. I hope you will join us again next week.